Do not take product if you are hypersensitive. intoxicated podcast. This week, we do something a little bit different. This week, I decided to get some friends together, Corey and Evan, who you already know if you've listened to the Oscar episode and the Room episode. And if you haven't, definitely go listen to those episodes. We decided to get together and talk about a specific show. Not just any show. Um, This is a show that's extremely close to my heart. It is probably my favorite show of all time. Um, And that's really saying something because I watch a lot of TV. We are going to talk about HBO's The Leftovers. The Leftovers is a show that's based off of the book by Tom Peretta. It was created by him, Tom Peretta, and Damon Lindelof, who, as you all know, did Lost. Now, The Leftovers has two seasons behind it, and it's going into its third and final season. Now, the reason I wanted to do this episode now is because the premiere of season three does start on Sunday, April 16th on HBO. So I wanted this to be my ode to The Leftovers, my love letter to this amazing show. First half will be spoiler free. Um, I will have timestamps below to let you know when the spoilers will start. So if you haven't watched the show yet and you're thinking about it, consider this like your recommendation to watch The Leftovers. Um, Me, Corey, and Evan discuss what we liked and what we didn't like about the first two seasons. Then afterwards, we just go into a full-blown discussion about the show. We do get a lot of fan interaction from the Leftover subreddit. Now, this is a subreddit that I want to tap into way more going forward. If you liked this, if you like the Leftovers, if you like hearing us talk about it, please let us know, because we are thinking about doing an offshoot of Intoxicated, which is weekly recaps of Season 3, The Leftovers. As always, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, uh, Google Play, SoundCloud, anywhere you find podcasts, and make sure you are following the podcast on Facebook, Intoxicated Podcast, Instagram, also Intoxicated Podcast, and on Twitter, it is at in underscore toxicated. I hope you guys enjoy it. I know it's a little bit different. I promise we will get back to the bread and butter of Intoxicated, which is drunk conversations with friends about life very soon. But because of timing and because I love this show so much and it's a huge part of my life, I had to be selfish and geek out. So I hope you guys like it. This is our love letter to The Leftovers. So let's get into this. So um, we are here with Corey and Evan again. Um... I can't seem to get rid of these guys. Like, I try to have other guests on, and they're just like, no, mm. no, our no, you cannot. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's really just us and using different names. <laughs> Silly hats. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, Corey and Evan are here. Now, this is uh, my chance to be super selfish on this podcast, because I want to talk about my favorite TV show. You should say that Jen's here too. Also, Jen's She's Jen's gonna here. Join Jen's gonna be the um, what should, what should we call it? The peanut gallery. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. The popcorn you'll, gallery. You'll throw in some comments here and there. If you want, the we silent could, majority. She's gonna join here in a second. So yeah, she's gonna join in. She has her own thoughts on the on the show. And I just like to say, it's also very rude to say that 
You didn't introduce Gwen, who's here from the Guilty Remnant. Uh, Gwen, do you want to say a few words? Yeah, she's writing it down right now. Uh, she's happy to be here. And yes, so she's ready to go too. So She looks very excited. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I guess, uh, normally we start with friendship origin story. You guys already know these guys, um, they're two good friends of mine, and what I thought I'd do this time is start with a TV origin story, because this is quite interesting. Yeah, how we got into this. Yeah, because yeah. it's all thanks to you. Yeah, yeah. Corey West. Um, so when I met Corey, uh, I told him I was a Lost fan, and he's like, oh my god, I loved Lost too. And I'm pretty sure what happened was was that I posted the trailer for The Leftovers, and you commented being like, I really think you'd like this. It's like Lindelof. It's yeah, right up yeah. your alley. Like, you should definitely check it out. Yeah. So essentially what happened was is that I checked out the pilot, and I stuck it out. I stuck out the show. Um, but obviously we'll get to it in the episode, but there was a moment that made me, made me stick with the show in the long term, and it hooked me. So... It's all thanks to Corey that I got into this. Yeah, and I guess I should say I got into it by <laughs> the first trailer that had, I think it's James uh, James Blake, um, uh, the name of the song, Retroactive. I think it's called Retroactive. They played that, like that first trailer just still gives me goosebumps just from that song and that trailer. And I was like hooked basically from just one trailer. Like I was like, yeah, I'm on board with this show. Big time. It has that like mysterious aspect to it that I yeah. think Lost had, and you know, obviously Lost went on for how many seasons? Six, seven, six, eight. Seven. I should know this. You should definitely know this. I know I, I should. Uh, it's one of my favorite shows. Um, I will say though, I mean, why I'm talking about the leftovers and not Lost is because I think the leftovers might be my favorite, and Lost might be my second favorite. But anyways, um, we're gonna talk about the leftovers. So. Whole idea is is that if you haven't seen it yet, or if you're thinking about watching it, we do want to try to convince you to check it out. Um, it's about to go into its third season. It's the third and final season of the show. Um, so this is not like a ten season commitment, or it's not this big commitment. It means three seasons, thirty episodes. So hopefully by the end of this, you will um, want to check out season one and two and. Maybe you'd be able to catch up for Sunday the 16th, which yeah. is season three. Yeah. And I guess a lot, we'll have also some people listening in who who love the show. I say don't judge me because I, I think we, we'll get to it a little later, but we put on Reddit kind of last minute to see if we get a few people's opinions on the show. And I was like, oh, God, these people know way more about this show than I do, even though I love this show. So, uh, time. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So it's kind of, we have kind of varying degrees I guess, of yeah. fandom. I would say I'm probably the biggest fan out of all three of us. Probably. Yeah, I'd say that. And uh, I would say that I got, I kind of forced Evan to watch it. I'm probably, yeah, <laughs> yeah I was the most reluctant person to watch the show. <laughs> I had heard about it, uh, and I had had Sarah explain what it was about to me, and my reaction was just like, well, that sounds stupid. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah, like, the idea of the guilty remnant, you know, uh, just uh, seemed absurd to me. So, um, and I think it was kind of a unique thing where I was like your TV buddy. I was kind of like your leftovers guide <laughs> in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so, my Virgil. I was your Virgil, yeah. And I also, um, I, I had a roommate, uh, Andrea. Hey, Andrea. Uh, I got her into it as well. So I think, yeah, she loves it. I think it's a show that I think you know right away whether or not you're going to like it or not, um, and whether or not you're going to keep up with it. So before we get too far into it, oh, yeah. we got to bring up our drinks. Yes, uh, 
So obviously this is intoxicated, so we have a different drink uh, every time. I say this like I'm the host. I'm just um, that's his plan. When I die, he's gonna take it over. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm just waiting well, for it to get big use. so I can be like sue you over the the rights of the name. That's true. You uh, totally just, could I'm sue. Just you. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so, well, Sarah came up with it, so you, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, one major point in the leftovers is that there is a group. I guess you could say cult, yeah. uh, called the Guilty Remnant, and they dress all in white. So I got to thinking, what kind of alcohol would, would go with this? Because there's not much many references to booze in the show, no. and I just thought white Russians. Ooh. So we're drinking white Russians. Uh, in hindsight, cool. we should have did Great White, which would have just killed us. What was that? <laughs> no. Great White's no. like a terrible, like, afford- like it's yeah. like a wine that like you drank when you were underage, and it's... Damn. It's like thirty percent or yeah, something stupid like that. Something. It may, is. I think it is wine, but I don't. It's super high in alcohol. T- technically wine and tastes like utter Shit. crap. Like well, I'm happy with my choice. Oh yeah, I love White Russians. Like so, cheers, guys. Cheers. Woo-hoo. Yes, White Russians. I love White Russians in moderation. This is a booze I can actually drink. What's that going? Oh, cheers. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Okay, so um, like I said, we're going to keep this first kind of maybe 20 minutes, half hour, spoiler free. Um, We're just going to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like about the first two seasons. So I guess what I will do is I'll just give a basic premise. I'll just set up the show for people who might not know much about it. Essentially, the show kicks off um, with a scene where essentially 2% of the world's population just vanishes, disappears out of nowhere. Um, and that's kind of the opening scene that kind of sets it up. We then kick into Kevin Garvey, who's the main character, and it's three years later. Yeah. Not a spoiler, but I will say it's there's a great jogging scene <laughs> in the pilot. I feel like we should say, too, that uh, this is based on a book, too, by... Mm. Um, Tom Peretta. Yeah, Tom, per- uh, Tom Peretta. So he wrote, uh, oh, like uh, the movie, well, the novel Election... Uh, little children. Um, those two were turned into movies. I, I, I guess didn't realize those two most popular. I mean, I guess two that were turned into. I shouldn't say popular. But Election and Little Children turned. Which Little Children, I I think is, it has the same kind of feel. The leftover. The Election is that's kind of hilarious. You guys remember I, Election? I do, yeah. and I'm, I never realized you wrote that. Yeah. So I mean, I read the books, the the book, The Leftovers, and uh, there's a lot still intact from the book. Uh, Kevin Garvey's, um, he's, oh, I forget what he does. He's not a cop in it. He's a lot older. He's in, he's retired from whatever he's doing. Then he goes to run for mayor. That's one of the most major changes, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, the book's very similar to season one. But uh, backstory. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 that's good. Because I, I didn't get through the book. And that's not because I didn't like the story. Because obviously, this is my favorite TV show. I'm just not a reader. Um, <laughs> so, no, that's good that you read it. <laughs> Because um, that's definitely, I think I got through maybe half of it. Because reading is fundamental. That's reading why is important. <laughs> I know it's important. I'm just very ADD. She just stressed that we, we do endorse reading. I, yeah. I would rather watch Justin so throw John and see his package flopping around in there. Uh, well, I guess you should be excited for season three because, not to jump ahead, but I saw a quote today that says that Lindelof said that this season's going to have more dongs than Game of Thrones? Stop. Yeah, he did Me and Evan that. were talking about that last night when we were watching because there's very a lot of moments where we almost see 
Justin throws. Yeah, he likes showing his butt a lot. Like he's I mean, a, he's ripped. Sorry. And I'm pretty sure he has some low hanging fruit because I think you see uh, he has the kind of Tommy Wiseau shot from behind and you see his danglers hanging. I ain't complaining. <laughs> he's you know he's on my top my top five. So, but yeah, so so we open with with him and it's kind of an introduction to the Garveys. Who I got, I'll just set it up. Um, essentially, Kevin Garvey is chief of Mapleton, Police. Mapleton, New York. Which also, I'm like, he's pretty young to be the chief, but I guess that's but artistic he, liberty. He inherited the position yeah. from his father. Yeah, nepotism, at clearly. Best. Yeah, that's how <laughs> that these things work. Right. So essentially, you know right away that the show is going to be about the aftermath of the, the departure and how these characters deal with the fact that this very strange, random, unexplained event happened. And we kind of we kind of see that Kevin has a daughter named Jill. So then you learn more about their family, where they're at, and how they've kind of dealt with this. And essentially, season one is about that, plus the tension of the GR, the Guilty Remnant. So they are the, the cult in the town. They dress all in white. They just disturb everyone. They stand outside your house. They, they bug you. They silently antagonize people by... Constantly smoking and <laughs> silently judging people, and wearing white after Labor Day. Yes, and like, wearing white after Labor Day, <laughs> which infuriates people in the states. Yeah, smoking. True uh, fact. <laughs> they don't talk, so they write on pads of paper. And yeah, so season one. So I, I guess that kind of sets it up as to yeah, what it's season, about. Season one's kind of a very. It's very simplistic on what's going on. It's more about the loss of these people or, like, the constant fear now that people... Like, everybody has their thing. Like, it's only... I shouldn't say only, but it's 2% of the population. So maybe some families weren't affected by this, but it's always that, like, what's happening? Why this happened? Will it happen again? Like, so now we... It's a study of society being basically in fear or being sad and in fear of what's going on. It's kind of like and how how people are reacting to that grief. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I will say like spoiler free, but I think how people departed too has a lot to do with that grief cuz it'll actually show you in season 1 um the various characters and what they experienced the day of the departure. Yeah. So what they're experiencing that day and then these people disappear and you're like Am I accountable for this? Yeah. What well, we did get, I do? We get two this? versions of that, too, in season one, because it obviously starts that way. But then we get, like, now that when we get established with all the characters later on, it shows the departure again and, like, what they were doing during, doing during that day. So, Which is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, So I think what we should do is go around the table and just talk about, like, the high points. So what we really liked about season one and why we think people should watch. So I'll go first. So season one... I definitely think is the darker season. I think it has a tone of being a little more somber, a little more serious, a little more ragey is kind of the word that I would use. Okay. It's a little darker, I think. Um, that's not a bad thing. Um, I think the high points of it is that it was a bold season of television. I think that the show takes risks and does things that make you go, holy crap, they just went there. Yeah, And... You know, and it's and and it kind of shows these other like little mysteries that come out. So yes, this big event happened; and it was huge, but these other little mysteries come out of it too that start to intrigue you, and you're like, "What the heck is going on here?" And it's that confusion, that darkness, and 
what made me love season one the most was how these characters dealt with their pain. Because these characters all dealt with their pain in different ways. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I think, what sold me on it was that I connected with the characters. Yeah. And it made those moments of confusion, it made you want to keep watching. Because you, yeah. you want to make sure that these characters end up okay in the end. And for me personally, that's always meant more to me than explanations of what's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah, but I, I think they've been very upfront that they're, they're not going to explain oh, yeah, the, no. the departure. No. But it's but that that's where you can kind of draw that Lindelof comparison to Lost in a weird yeah. way. Like they're almost based same thing. Like I had no problem not to get on mm. a slow uh, a small Lost uh, thing, but I had no problem the way Lost ended. Uh, a lot of people did, but I came to an understanding very early that it was how the island affected people, not necessarily what the island is all about. And that's kind of the exact same thing with the leftovers. It's not what happened to these people it's how do the people that are still there deal with what has happened and having no real answers uh i was just going to say about season because you brought up the season one season two thing (laughs) season two i mean season one is i think it's a weird way in a weird way it's it it, it is darker but it's almost like dealing with your grief that's kind of season one and by the end, it's almost like it starts off in the worst possible way, and then it gets more hopeful as it hits the end of the season, where kind of season two was like, it starts off very hopeful, and then like is deconstructed at that point. Like They're almost total opposites in season, but both massively done. Well, I mean, there's some things which happen, I think, which at the end of season two, which are pretty hopeful. Yeah, well, I have, I have thoughts on the end. I'll, I won't go into it now. Maybe yeah. a more spoilery thing but also you can even tell almost the way they set it up like season one's intro is like this very ominous music with like uh, a chapel being painted of like and it sets a chapel being painted of the departure and um, it's very sets the tone of the show where you get to season two and it's kind of a weird folky song like the intro's more kind of whimsical yeah in a weird way so it's like they they obviously know what they're doing. They know how to play with, uh, how to set the audience up. So uh, exactly, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, good point with the music because that mm. was my next point about season one. The music in this show, like, I think what makes the show cinematic in a way is a bunch of different things. I think it's the writing. I think it's the characters, and I think it's the music and like the actual, like the actual filming, the cinematography. You think is all like really masterful. Yeah, it's all like the way the way the music plays out in the show just gives me chills. You know, like they'll they'll repeat certain scores during right. certain parts, and that's what invokes that kind of emotion and being intrigued in it. Huge music's huge in this show. Absolutely. And a show that uses, like, good music, or uses music well, I should say, you know, um, like, really sort of, like, steps it up a notch. Big time. And, I mean, yeah, like, the, the first theme song was very dark for, like, what you said, ominous. Yeah. Um, and and that kind of sets the tone for the whole show. Yeah. Uh, Ev, any more thoughts about season one? What you liked about it? Well, without going into too much detail, mm-hmm. um, season one is... It, it like I don't think the show is necessary for everyone. Like uh, I think that's certainly true. Um, but I think if you can get through 
I shouldn't even say get through, but if you enjoy season one, then like it's it's certainly something that you will really, really um, should you stick with because it pays off. It takes you on a wild ride. Yeah, and like it never stops making you just go, "What the fuck." Yeah, and I think that's what uh, really sold me on the show was actually Kevin Garvey himself because mm-hmm. I I felt all those moments where where he just is confronted with these like seemingly impossible things, you know, and he he just almost says like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, like yeah, he's so bewildered, and it just echoes my own thoughts. Exactly, and, yeah. You know, and Sarah can confirm watching the show with me that they tell me <laughs> the amount of moments where I'm saying this is stupid, or like in Kevin Garvey will say like that that's dumb. Yeah, you know, it's, like, it's kind of self aware. I think it's I think it's more self aware in season two. I think season two, it's way more self-aware. Yeah. Uh, before we get into uh, season two, maybe yeah. we should just go over some of the performances in season one. Yes, let's do it. So, I mean, obviously, uh, uh, Ev touched on it, but it's uh, Justin Thoreau as Kevin Garvey is amazing. Like, yeah, I remember... Ripped tiger of a human being. <laughs> yeah. But I also remember, like, I've seen Justin Thoreau in a lot of stuff, and I was like, yeah, he's that classic, like, good-looking male lead that, like, but he, ne- I never saw any range from him. Like the only things I can remember him being in is his run on Parks and Rec for a while. Oh right, what? I never he was on Parks and Rec. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he dated uh, uh, Leslie Nope yep. for a while on that. Yeah, yeah. His two episodes on um, Sex and the City. <laughs> no, I did not. I do not know him from that. <laughs> uh, I he was uh, he played the DJ in this is like this is just a fun fact, but he played the DJ in Zoolander. But you can barely tell because right. he has the dreadlocks and like the scarred up face, and play that DJ again in Tropic Thunder, which I always thought was really funny. Which is interesting because you know he uh, he um, wrote or uh, co-wrote uh, Tropic Thunder. Yeah, yeah, and he co-wrote. I think he co-wrote Iron Man two and Zoolander two. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, which I don't see. But I was, but I was just going to say. So for to get the performance that he gives in this show is almost shocking. Yeah. With a subject matter like this that's so dense, he does an amazing job for a guy that I really... This is the first time I've seen him really act. Like, flex his acting chops kind of thing. He's kind of under, an underrated actor. Yeah. because mm. I think if more people watch the show, they would appreciate his acting a lot Oh, more. definitely. Um, also, we have uh, Laura... Uh, Lori Garvey? Lauren, Lauren? Lori Garvey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Played oh, by... her name, yeah. Uh, Amy Brenneman. Brenneman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Who, this is terrible to say. Well, I should say she's really good in it. Like, a lot of her acting is, well, it's it's hinged on whatever, but we'll get into it later. But uh, she's really good in it. And the one thing that kind of ruined this show on me, though, is that I used to have the biggest crush on her. And oh. then to see her, like, so disheveled in her hair. gnarled and, yeah, like, smoky it and kind frizzy. Of ruined it. Well, because we watched an interview, like, a recent interview with her on a yeah. red carpet. And Evan was like, oh, damn, she cleans up. Yeah. Because yeah. you're right. Like, in, in the show, she's a lot more disheveled. Liv Tyler, she's... I, I, I love Liv Tyler. Yeah, she's me too. not the greatest actress in the world. She's okay in this. Like, yeah. Uh, I, will, I will say that I think, like, obviously Justin Theroux is amazing, but Carrie fucking Coon. Oh yeah, she's as Nora yeah. Durst. 
Yeah. Possibly my second favorite. Possibly she, she's up there for my favorite. Yeah, I think she is my favorite. I, I think I would put Nora Durst and Carrie Coon above Kevin Garvey and Justin Theroux. Like I, yeah, she has a lot of. She comes from theater too. Like she, she really? before that she hadn't done a lot of acting. Yeah, she came from theater, and she her career seemed to pick up a, a little bit after that. I mean, rightfully so. She's amazing, uh, but I think she she was in Gone Girl. She played. Um, yeah, she was the sister, sister in Gone Girl. In yeah, Gone Girl. she she's she's in the new season of Fargo. She's the lead of the oh, new season yeah. of Fargo. Yeah, I see her on the on the TVs. <laughs> yeah, which so, I mean, yeah, she's done a lot. She's really good. Uh, I should also say Nora Durst's character in the movie is she plays a woman who lost her entire family. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, and yeah. there's a great standalone episode. Uh, in season one, all about her, I, and it's one of my favorites of the entire season. She's just so good in this show. Dude. She's a spitfire. She she's plays that rage and that pain so good. Yeah. yeah. And she's so like just unrelenting. Yeah. Just just doesn't give a fuck. I mean, you lost your whole family. Yeah. You know, I like do love that one moment in season one. Yes. When uh, well, I think it was the episode called Garvey's at their best. Yeah. Um, was that when it shows how she lost her family? It shows like uh, everyone's like day, what they were doing yeah. like on yeah. on the day of the day. departure. And yeah, that was an incredible episode of television yeah. for yeah. sure. It's one of my favorite. That's yeah. Who well, I, I guess, think is the standout performance. I think it's yeah. Carrie Coon. A few other just notable. We'll go through quick. Mm. Um, oh. We should say Christopher. I can never say his name. Christopher Eccleston. Eccleston. Yeah. <gasps> As uh, he plays Matt uh, Jameson, he's the the priest. priest. I, I think the doctor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right, doctor, former doctor. He's. I think he's amazing in everything. He has such a subtly good performance in this, oh especially considering if you hear how he really sounds and the accent that he has to put on. Yeah, you know, every single episode. Where is um? What's her name? Uh, Patty. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, and Dow. Yeah, and Dow. Yeah. She. Killed it, like yeah. But I mean, you know, like it. You uh, hate her so much. Well, but at the same time, like you, it, it's such a ju- juxtaposition because you hate her, but you just kind of sympathize and feel bad for her. Yeah, yeah. Especially like, and that probably that, that episode, probably comes out more in season two. You're right. You're right. It does. But, but like at, at, at first, you know, like she she plays like an excellent foil. Oh yeah. yeah. 100%. And we should say Emily Mead, she played Amy, which she didn't make it to season two, but I thought she was really good. Amy, the, is that the, 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 the waif who just like inhabits the uh, the Garvey household? Yes, yes. And like it mysteriously doesn't, you don't know if her family departed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to know her backstory. Yeah. yeah. We need a standalone story in that girl. That's the thing. Yeah. And that's the thing I think, I mean, like I did it with both seasons, but there are these standalone episodes that are so f- so good in this show. Yeah. And so, also, just quickly, uh, Margaret um, Quarterly? I, I don't... I, like, Quarterly. I don't... Good quality. Yeah. Uh, she she plays Jill. She's... she's. I think she does great at this, uh, doing the, like... Angsty teenager? The angsty teen, like, the... She's... Oh, and she's uh, Andy McDowell's daughter, which I was like, that's... Who? Oh. Andy McDowell? Really? Yeah, yeah. Um... I think she does a really wow. good job, but her her she's That's supposed smoke to be show. like more, yeah. Most of that. Uh, then we got Tommy uh, Garvin played by Chris. Like I'm terrible at names. Like Zilaka. Yeah, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. He's pretty good. He's good. He's hot. Chris yeah. Zilka. Uh, and lastly, oh, we should say Scott Glenn as Kevin Garvey Senior. He's 
amazing. He always plays this kind of yeah. like really just intense human being. Yeah, wacky. And the the one guy I want to bring up the most, who actually may be my favorite part of season one, uh, is uh, Patterson Joseph. Um, he plays um, Henry Wayne Gilchrist. Oh, the guy who hugs the pain away. Holy Wayne! Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And the only like the reason I'm blown away. I'm a big fan. There's a British sitcom called Peep Show. That's amazing. It's very popular um, in Britain. Um, he played in that show. He plays a character called Johnson, who's like, and it's a comedy. He's a. And I've never seen him outside this role, which he plays like kind of this boss who's very proper, but like kind of just demanding and just very weird. He's hilarious. He's amazing in that. So to see him in uh, The Leftovers... It's a total shock. Yeah. Where he is basically, like, in in an earlier podcast, when I said Viola Davis is made of tears, well... (laughs) He's the male version. He's the male version because he (laughs) is, like... he, he Season one, he does so great because... Not really a spoiler, but he, he basically claims to say he can take people's pain away from... The, any pain they have, you can take away with a hug, and you're under the impression that he's like he's taking so much pain away from people. He's just overwhelmed with sadness. Like at any moment, he's just his acting is so good because he's just like he's bubbling over with just like sadness. Like yeah, and it, it looks like he's every single scene that he's in, he looks like he's on the verge of crying. Like oh, it's insane. Man. Or scene that guy. Who's on a peep show and uh, leftovers? Yeah, I know him from uh, that Mitchell and Webb look. Yeah, which yeah. is another uh, British sick, uh, comedy show. Oh, Mitchell show. Webb are the guys who do peep show too. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. He is. He's hilarious. He is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, and he's a great actor. Like, yeah, he is so like this guy wow. is versatile because he's amazing. Like dr- uh, dramatic actor, and actor, also, and that's number Wang. Yeah. <laughs> so those are a few. I'm probably missing some very standout. Uh, characters, but uh, that 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 probably that wraps up the core. This is good. Yeah, it's good yeah. Over here. yeah. What are you um, just seeing if Gwen has anything to say about yeah. season one? Yeah, right. No, she's she's she said uh, even after we kind of like kind of bad talked the GR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she she seems cool with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's just she's she just, just silently judging us yeah. anyway. Can you stop smoking? By the way, there's a smoke free yeah. building. She shook yeah. her head now, so perfect. Okay. So uh, to deal with that. Also, it may seem like Jen is part of the guilty <laughs> remedy as well. She's been sitting at the table the whole time. Uh, she has—I should say she she's she hasn't watched. She watched a few episodes. We're not going to spoil it, but there's one thing that just turned her off, and she hasn't watched it. But anything to say at all about season one? Would you recommend it? I love it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Such a diplomat. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll get we'll get to specific scenes and kind of spoilers in a second there. So yeah, we'll move on to season two and just kind of give yeah. the, our general thoughts on season two. I mean, obviously, you're going to start with season one anyways. So if you're going to watch it, you're going to watch season one. Yeah. Um, I guess we're briefly. Yeah. I, I think we should really mention. Um, uh, Janelle Maloney's uh, role oh. in in uh, I think she did a really awesome performance as Mary Jameson, uh, <laughs> like you know in the first season. Yeah, in particular. Yeah, that's right. You I know? guess that's not really a spoiler. She's a woman who has been she was in a car accident and she's like catatonic, essentially catatonic. So yeah. she plays Matt Jameson's wife. Yeah, Mary. Yeah, there's a lot of. Yeah. 
A lot of eye movement. A lot of sitting and yeah, not, no, yeah. not talking. Yeah. <laughs> no not even blinking. Movement. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, sorry. So you get season two notes. Yeah. So season two. So this is the spoiler-free section of season two. So season two of The Leftovers is my favorite season of television that I have ever watched. Like, and I mean that seriously. Um, I would be buried with this season. Like, if someone was like, you need to take a season down the grave with you, it would be season two, because it is just a cinematic journey, (laughs) and it is, it's amazing. So, just really briefly, I'll I'll just say that we're in a new location. Can I say one thing before you say that? Uh, If I'm going to be buried with something, I would want to be buried with every season of the Big Bang Theory, so I could be, so I could, so I could take it to hell with me. Anyway, continue. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to hell. Hey, Um. Oh, I got the bell. We've been leaving out the bell. That was a good, That's a good bazinga. Oh God, no. Corey does not like Big Bang Theory. Neither do I. It's too close to the truth. That is blasphemy. So I'll just set up season two, just very vaguely. We we're in a new location. What? Wait, and what? We, whatly? Vaguely. Okay. Is that not a word? Yep. No, totally not a word. You made that. Vaguely. More vague. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More. More, more vague. vague. Yeah. Okay. I would lose that Scrabble so hard with these guys. Um. Anyways, we're in a new location, and we actually do meet a new Jarden. family as well. And Jarden, what's special about Jarden is is that it is a town where there was actually no departures at all. Yeah. So people flock there because they think it's sacred and they think it's special and they think they're going to be safe there because there was no departures. And it's actually, Jarden is the name of the city and Miracle, I think, is the name of the town. Miracle. Yeah, they have a creepy theme song. Yeah. Also, for a while, I wasn't, I thought... That it was just some weird draw they had, and I thought the place was called Jordan. And I thought, I, yeah, me too. Yeah. I made <laughs> like, the same mistake. I was like, everybody talks. Jordan, Jordan, yeah, like, no, Jordan. <laughs> like, oh no, there actually is a place called Jordan. Yeah, yeah, and so essentially, Damon Lindelof did it again and made me fall in love with a bunch of characters because I really like this family as well, and this family is also entirely fucked up, yeah. despite the fact that they are in this. "Quote unquote special <laughs> town yeah. that's supposed to be free of pain and yeah. you know, um, but in the end uh, they are not very complex characters yeah. with uh, yeah. conflicting motives. Yeah, I think, Which I think that's kind it. of the season two overarching thing is that like just because we didn't have departures doesn't mean that like we're perfect exactly. Like, that, and and they play with the subtlety of that as well, like because they they thought they were safe. Yeah, and, you know, like. And essentially, it's more shit going down. Um, it's the Garvey family. I don't think that's too big of a spoiler. Whatever they they go they go to this place, Jarden. There's been no departures there. It's kind of this very touristy place. Also, it's very hard to move there because they're basically capitalizing on the fact that there's been zero departures there. Exactly. Like it's the one. It it's this illusion of safety. Like people are so scared of departure. Community. Yeah, that they like feel like they're protected in at this place, and so it's just kind of like it's basically season two. It's basically you think it's a perfect, they're in Sanctuary. a perfect place, and then it slowly 
Yeah. Starts to and fall apart. Something yeah. happens in the first episode. I would hope so. That's how that. TV works. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing yeah. happened in the first episode. Um, something happens that shakes the town up. I'll just say that. Yeah. And it makes these characters realize, okay, yeah, we're, we're not safe and... Yeah. And um, the Garveys come here kind of hoping to get away from their life, but it follows them. I'll just say that. Like their baggage kind of follows them there. Yeah. So it's kind of more more stuff with Kevin and it just plays out in a masterful way. And at this point, we didn't know if there would be a season 3 of the Leftovers, so I will just say it wraps it up in kind of a really nice way in the end. It's very satisfying. Um because the fate of the show was up in the air, so I I, I, I have opinions on that. Okay. that we'll get to we'll get to that. Um, but I guess that is kind of season two. Just we should in a nutshell. We should uh, talk about the cast briefly about yeah. season two. So uh, obviously we're introduced to the Murphy family. Um, mm. So uh, Regina King, I I don't know. Is she's amazing. Erica. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She's uh, I I. Thought she's been an amazing actress for years. That moment on the bridge with her daughter. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And, like, she's very... The subtleties of her character... Like, subtleties of the show are amazing, but I I think the show really got to... She had, she, She's another person that really got to bring her acting chops mm. to it. Big time. And I think... Uh, she may be my favorite person in season two. Yeah, like, like of the new people. Yeah. Yeah. Or overall, I think. Really? Uh, like, yeah. season two, like, she was... Uh, I really I really liked her. Uh, another character, uh, John Murphy, is the I, husband. I really enjoyed how, how traumatized and fucked up he was. Yeah. Like, he was... It's like it's like are you a good guy or are you a bad, bad guy? guy? And he played that really good. Yeah. You didn't know if you were rooting for him or if yeah. you were against him. But yeah. he kind of he's doing the wrong things for what he feels like is the right reasons. That's what's perfect about his character. Like he's totally he totally believes what he he's doing is benefiting everybody in Jarden. Yeah. Um we also have Michael Murphy, mm-hmm. uh, played by Jovan Apo. Yep. Yeah. He was uh, in Fences. Don't watch Fences. <laughs> watch, <laughs> watch the first two seasons yeah. of The Leftovers and not Fences. If you really want to hear all about how much Sarah yeah. hates Fences, listen to the, the first, first episode. episode of this podcast. Oh, this is full circle. Yeah. I know. Uh, Jasmine, uh, Jasmine Brown plays uh, Evie. Murphy, Evie Murphy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's really does. I think she's amazing. She for what she had to do in it. She's she's very good. Um, yeah, I think that's most of the new characters. Yeah, uh, I mean there are a few bit parts, but for the most yeah. part, that's there's that's, there's annoying rat lady. Uh, <laughs> oh God. That's not your baby. Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's. I think this is that's, pretty much the end of our spoiler free. That's the end of this. But I'll just say that. I would never recommend a season of television more than season two. It is it is just... I've never had a show get in my head the way that this season did. I mean, season one was amazing as well. Right. And whatever. But it was season two that really made me, like, stay up late at night, uh, 
browsing Reddit. <laughs> uh, this uh, leftover subreddit uh, is a huge community, and I think that season really brought that subreddit to life because there was just so much discussion, so much thought. Yeah, well, that's so like many the theories like that yeah. go into it. That's the Lindelof effect. I feel like he's great at putting out mysteries out into the universe, and people just love to try to like. See, figure out what's next kind of thing. Exactly. So we'll end our spoiler-free section, but I do want to say one last sentence, and it's actually from the Leftover subreddit. Um, we asked for some comments from you guys, and what, this one, I think, sums it up in, entirely. It is from NBTB um, on Leftover subreddit, and he says, so my question was, um, like, what did you like about the Leftovers or why people should watch? Yeah. And he said... It rips my heart out of my chest, uses it to stub out a cigarette, and then shoves it back in. <laughs> Yet every week I ask for more. Yeah. So I think that that is a good... Yeah. That's my recommendation. Not yeah. everyone can handle it, but if you think you're up for it, if you think you're up for a show that's going to make you think and kind of make you feel as well, watch these first two seasons. Yeah. And, like, and also... Um, this is kind of a trial run for us. Yes. Um, as three leftover fans, we're thinking even maybe taking this outside of the Intoxicated podcast and doing a podcast um, just based on the last few episodes of the, the Leftover Season 3. So if this is something that you hear and you want, uh, we'll probably we'll be commenting on the Reddit post that we did put up. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you guys like it, we'll... Uh, Maybe we can create a small fan base, or and we will take questions and comments. We're going to get through all the. Oh, we didn't have a. We last minute put something up on Reddit today, but um, some we'll we'll go. We're going to go through those a little later, but yeah. um, uh, yeah. I Let mean, us know if you like it because yeah. if you do, we will do probably weekly or biweekly. Yeah. Uh, episodes of season three. So I'll we'll try to get through every single comment. Uh, Please let us know you like the sound of our voices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I sure hate mine, so tell me I'm not crazy and with my own voice. So um, now, yeah, let's just do it. Let's we're, do it. We're going to get into spoilers. spoilers. Which I feel like people are like, finally. Because I feel like people who watch this are listening. I'll let the fans know to skip right. to this point. They're probably the only people they've listening. Already, yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, so now we're Leftovers, just, what's that? <laughs> now we're going to talk about specific scenes, specific moments that grabbed us. Uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. So, if you haven't watched it and you don't want to, don't know why you're still here, but thanks anyway. Uh, if you have watched the first two seasons, stay with us and let's talk about it. So, um, let's talk, like, I guess season one. Yeah, we'll just... Specific scenes or moments that either grabbed us or we really enjoyed. Yeah. So, I mean, I like to say that season one, um, right out the gates, I like the pilot. Um, it sets up everything, obviously. Oh, another weird thing. The girl who's in the pilot, I feel like, was supposed to be almost the... The... The, the Nora character? The Nora character, and I think they just kind of recast it. I'll, even though that actress comes back in the last episode of season one. Well, the one which... Uh, lost the, her baby. Yeah, baby. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I really like... Uh, uh, I really liked episode one. And then I think it's weird. I kept with the show because I love the theme and stuff, but... By episode two, it kind of lost me a little bit. Um, True. And if we're talking about scenes and the overall arc, uh, the scene that hooked me, and it's like mm -hmm. the one scene that like kills everybody, is uh, 
Gladys? Gladys. 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 Episode five, I believe. Yep. Yeah, episode five. uh, Because I. And this is funny because. And again, Janice. That's the the turning point. This was the turning point where she was done with the show and I was like on board 100%. Yeah. it's a very emotional scene because it's a, like I said, subtly. So the guilty remnant the whole time have been very steadfast in what they do, what they say. Like, uh, well, they don't say anything. Sorry, but like, <laughs> you can't you can't do anything to them to break their beliefs. Yeah. Like, it's they they will never talk. You can get in their face and yell. Like, you can hit them with bottles. I think one gets hit. With, I think one time they spray them with a hose. Yeah, yeah. and they never like, say anything. Yeah. And it was like so crushing because then the you have Gladys, watching her. Yeah, tied to it. They they cat the group takes her, ties her to a tree, and just starts stoning her. Like, and it's like goes on a long time. It's yeah. very uncomfortable, and it. It looks so real like, and sounds so real. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the sounds, crunching. Oh, and yeah, like the, the bones crunching was yeah very visceral. And, and it's well, I was just gonna say the subtleties of it that kill it for me is that like she's being beaten so bad, and then that's the thing that breaks her. Like we've known this group to not be broken; they you can't break them. They don't say anything, yeah. and then she starts pleading for her life. Yep. And it's heartbreak. Like, and yeah. I say that scene hooked me because it was like, okay, this show's gonna go places that like every other show's not gonna go. Like, and it's I mean, gonna make me feel uncomfortable. And I was like, I'm hooked. I'm on board for this ride. It and, made me super uncomfortable because, like, looking at Gladys was like looking at um, like my aunt, you know, like the cast, wholesome old woman. Yes. The cast, the, the perfect victim, you know, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. She was a faithful Lieutenant to, to Patty and, um, yeah. ultimately got crushed in the face and it was really heartbreaking. Yeah. I, probably because I was like, I, going into the show, I was thinking to myself, why don't people just like, you know, kill them, you mm-hmm. know, Going around following you and being creepy and shit. They're just yeah. asking for it. And we should say that we also learned that Kevin Garvey's ex well, wife, mm-hmm. soon to be ex wife, has joined the, the guilty remnant as well. That's a big kind of plot point as uh, as well. Yeah, and yeah. I totally agree with you. It was the scene that hooked me because Corey told me about the show, I checked it out. I was like, Yeah, this is it's mysterious enough, it's intriguing enough for me to stick with it, so I got to that episode. And I remember the moment that I watched that scene, and I actually texted you, and I was like, dude, I'm in. Yeah. Like, and I think I said those words. I was like, I'm in, because it took that big risk. It went there, it made me feel so uncomfortable, but like, I wanted to keep watching. Yeah, right. And I think you said, Evan said actually, that he wouldn't have kept watching... If I hadn't made him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just being honest. Yeah, you should still watch it. Uh, <laughs> I I was I was pretty I was pretty bummed out after that. Yeah. Like it, it really hurt me right in the feels. And when I rewatched it with my roommate at the time, Andrea, I actually remember I came in and I knew she was on that episode. And I was like watching it with her and I had to like kind of casually get up and go to my room for that scene because I didn't want to watch it. Yeah. That was the last, that was it for me. I, I yeah. didn't want anything else to do with this show. I'm sorry. It's probably super interesting. 
Yeah. I'm done. No, but that's good. We want your input into yeah, it. So I've, you you just couldn't handle not, it. It's too much. It's too yeah. much for me. I'm not interested in anything going that dark. Mm. Yeah. You say that. You're like it, the biggest Criminal Minds fan of all time. Rape is different. Shamar <laughs> Moore is coming back to Criminal Minds, so... <laughs> oh, he is. Oh, oh wow. well, I'm in. <laughs> Like right, you, right, you just girl? like. Mm-hmm. I like how you're just like. I cannot do the leftovers, but you'll binge watch like SVU and like Criminal Minds. Like there's no tomorrow because it's so not some gruesome. Sicko out yeah, there, and, and you it's. Know, we have to I guess you that don't get was this. a little bit too like when that rock hit her last yeah. part of her face and basically not lopped off half her face. Yeah. Mm. I don't need that in my life. That's happening to people in real life. Right That's now. HBO, and mm. I don't need to know about it. It's not TV, it's HBO. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, that's the scene that hooked me, but not to dwell too much on that scene, but uh, going forward... It anti-hooked me? uh, Yeah, yeah, that's true. But somehow was the same effect as a hook? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you stuck with it because of me. But I feel for the most part, season one is, it's kind of a basic... It's not as in t- it's not as crazy as season two as in it's a very basic story about people trying to get over their grief. Yeah, and you have the Kevin um, um, Garvey story, and he, also his yeah. like sorry, sorry, no, yeah, but his subplot of like you know like am I insane? Yeah, yeah, it's always and like the father, like it's just like oh the father's insane, but like as the show goes on, we learn that like. Oh no! These same things are happening to uh, Kevin. One thing I thought was weird that kind of gross me, uh, gross me out in a weird way. Is that like the mayor is was sleeping with Kevin's father, father. and I was oh, like, yeah. that mayor is young, and Kevin is young Garcia, old. Oh, Scott Glenn is an octogenarian. Yeah. Some girls are into that, I guess. But Guy in like, uniform too, mm. but he he looks like he's made of withered old wood. You know, <laughs> like like he looks like he's made out of like you know driftwood. <laughs> Scott Glenn is a old gnarly yeah. man. But I guess like it all leads I like the the other B plot is the Wayne Gilchrist uh cult leader and they mention that because of this and it makes sense because of this happening that a lot of cults have sprung up because there's the people that like drop bullets on their head and then there's even Wayne Gilchrist he has a cult and then the Guilty Revenants the cult they follow the most but like I guess that would happen in a world that like was like this you would just like have these religious cults to try to find meaning like playing on kind of this sadness and like unknowing like that would happen um, I guess it all culminates at the end of season one is the great reminder or whatever. The guilty remnant basically develop dolls yeah, that look like family oh, members. That was going to be my scene that I was going to talk about. I don't think it was. Oh, this, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, but it's perfect. Leads right into it. I don't think it necessarily they developed them is so much that they were um, they they stole them. Yeah, oh yeah, sorry, from, that is true. From a uh, company which specialized in making highly lifelike replicas yeah. of loved ones yeah, yeah. so that they could bury them. Yeah. And so... Yes, that's right. That so was you, the guy Nora met at the conference. Yes. Remember? Yes. 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 That And I, I... Side note, I wanted to mention that that conference episode was I, amazing. Yeah, it's, one of my, it's called Guest. Um, Nora, uh, Nora Durst goes to a conference and... Uh, Realizes that her name tag isn't there. At that point that is when I realized how much I loved uh, Carrie Coon. <sighs> and, uh, like that episode, I'm like, she's cagey. She's cagey like a fox. <laughs> you know, like Nora Durst is like, she's just, so she's just the greatest. 
but uh, like uh, when when the guilty remnant, so like they, so not only do you have the crime of them like and like the insult of them stealing the the, the replica of the corpse of your loved one, yeah. then you have like the the added you know insult of them like taking them and like you know putting them in your home, yeah. You know, yeah. like it, it, it's it's at that point I don't understand. Well, actually, and they did at that point. I do understand entirely what the, the town did by forming that angry mob and yep. like yeah, that's like, what, what, what spurred it. Yeah, you know, and um, but I really love that Maury with Annie Brenneman where she finally breaks. You know, when she realizes she fucked up and uh, like yeah. Jill is still in the house. inside the, the fucking burning house. And she just screams Jill! her name. Yeah. And yeah. we haven't heard her speak. I mean, other than that flashback episode. It was so heard her powerful. Speak the whole time. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. And it's the subtleties. But yeah, you were going to say your seat. I, yeah, I, I just want to knock off oh, a bunch no. of Nora scenes because she's my oh, favorite. Oh, I will say, my favorite Nora scene is when she gets the guy to come over and shoot her. That was, yes! yes. <laughs> it's, no, it's the prostitute. So oh, Nora yeah, yeah. deals... Oh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, so Nora deals with her pain in a really oh, weird way. Fuck. She hires prostitutes she, that she finds she puts online. On, like, you know, like heavy metal music. Yeah. They come over just expecting like another average day at work. Please, and some bored housewife. <laughs> she hands the prostitute a bulletproof, or no, no sorry, she a puts gun. on. She vest. puts on a bulletproof vest, hands the prostitute a gun, and I think she offers them like three thousand dollars, like a lot of money, yeah. to shoot her. $3,000 a lot of money? Ooh. I think it is. I think it is. Well, yeah. for some somebody shoot you in the chest. <laughs> By the way, that's my side business if anybody wants to. You can probably contact me through the you Get podcast. shot in the chest or yeah. just shoot? No, I will, I will shoot people in oh, the okay. chest for two grand. Like, that's a bargain because... But they had to provide their own bulletproof vests. Yes. And I'm not responsible for any accidents, yeah. ricochets... Wait, wait, hit me up. Yeah, so that's pretty fucked up. But at hotmail.com. <laughs> God, gonna have to beep that again. Yeah. Um, but Nora's my favorite, and there's all these like kind of little Nora Durst scenes that I love, like um, when she meets Kevin. So actually, they meet, and then they meet again when they're at the courthouse, both filing for divorces, mm. and they kind of have this little flirtation, and they have Nora's moment. like, and Nora's like. Um, you should, I was thinking, I have this conference, but I kind of want to skip it and go to, like, Miami. Do you want to come? And he's like, ah, oh, like, I, would, I have a daughter here. Daughter. And she goes, fuck, fuck your, your daughter. daughter. <laughs> I love that. And Kevin's just like, his face just drops. Like, what? Like, what that? And I just, I just love her so much because she's so. So awkward. Oh, it's just so she's great. A, well, she does a great job of, like, because she. She has to hold her grief in a lot sometimes, and sometimes she has to like just let it go as well. Yeah. In, within terms of her her character, but she also has to be this kind of meek woman who's always like. But she's also her grief because she lost her whole family. She lost her two children and her husband, and she's kind of the talk of the town. She always when she goes out, it's always somebody whispering to somebody yeah. else. Like, That's her. Like her character. Yeah. It's so triple tragic. event. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, um, she's just like I don't give a fuck, and then I mean essentially, yeah. I mean, like I and I love Kevin and Nora in season one. Um, I just love all of their interactions. Just love them. <laughs> but back to the dummy thing. My favorite 
one of my favorite scenes from season one is when Nora comes walks down the stairs and sees her whole family in dummy form sitting Sitting at the kitchen kitchen table. And then the audio cuts out. Yeah. And you just see her screaming and crying. Like it is absolutely gut wrenching. And she does so good at it. And that's probably like my favorite scene. Especially considering how long it lasts because it's, it's not just one two minute scene it like there it, it cuts back and she's just sitting around the table Silently hold, yeah. holding their hands you know it's kind of like she kind of got the goodbye that she didn't yeah have before because when when her family departed they were like in the middle of an argument yeah and she was like pouring juice and she's just like it was just in the middle of a family argument and i don't think her marriage was doing great at that point and then poof gone they were gone so yeah. i loved that moment so, we should say, too, by the end of season one, the Guilty Remnant pull off the, the great reminder, um, but we're left with kind of this hope, like, it's like the family, like, it seems like everybody's on the on the road to getting past their grief about everything. It's, the family's kind of back together, like, there's always, there's, like, the Jill was kind of weaning away like from Kevin and stuff so it's the end kind of after having such a so uh, heart-wrenching season it's almost like well we at the end it's almost like we still got each other and that's kind of like yeah yeah yeah. exactly and I I think too we kind of glossed over it but Tommy has this whole kind of side story of going off and Oh uh, yeah, we haven't Christine, even mentioned that yeah, Christine with the baby that he has to take care of for like. But see, that's the thing. I think that was my least favorite part of season one was all that whole sub story. Yeah, um, I liked Holy Wayne. Like I thought he was great, but like I didn't really like. I didn't understand Christine how it, the, the whole story arc fits into the greater trajectory of the story's arc. Well, yeah. it's like Holy Wayne is like impregnating all these women. Yeah, the and, only really payoff to it was the fact that. It kind of gave Nora a child at the end. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Look what I found. Yeah, I Look found a baby. I'm good now. <gasps> oh, oh my god. So, and I think you said it too before, Corey. That like season one is like the stages of grief. Yeah. And that last scene is like acceptance. Yeah. Because Nora was gonna leave. Yeah. And she goes to leave a note on um Kevin's on doorstep. the Garvey's doorstep and finds the Holy Wayne baby. And, no, and, and I remember Evan, when he was watching it, Evan was like, look what I found. Two seconds before Nora says, look what I found. It was just great. I think that, like... It's mine now, by the way. It's kind of like, in a season that was so dark and so heavy, it was kind of like a... A, a really light a, note. A sigh of relief, in a way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, okay, everything's fine. Jen, well, you can say goodbye to the podcast listeners. Jen is very tired. So. I have to work in the morning. I love you all. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be back on our next movie episode. Yeah, but yeah, like, like I think the season one finale was a breath of relief. Um, because well, I, okay. I think we feel like okay, everyone has kind of a fresh start. Nora has a fresh start, and. The Garvey's kind of do too. Yeah, with this, with this baby. Well, that was supposed to be the ray of hope at baby. the end of a very. Very gloomy season one, but anyway, that's it's a heavy, it's a heavy fucking season. Yeah, which I, I guess we got a. Yeah, let's go into season two. Moments yeah. from season two. Season uh, two. 
So let's just I, I, a brief overview of season two before maybe we yeah, can see. Spoilers. Yeah. It's basically so the uh, the Garvins move. Garvins. 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 Um, <laughs> Garvey, uh, obviously we've been drinking. Yes. Um, the, uh, they, they basically moved to a town called Jardin, um, which we said before is a, it's a town that had no departures. And it's almost, it's like the ultimate tourist town at this point. Like people go there because they, like they sell water from the river. Yeah. And. Crazy amounts. Yeah. And like. It's big tourist attraction, and it seems perfect because there is no departure and stuff. Um, then we find it basically, basically three girls disappear. Yeah, and one of them being Evie from yeah. uh, the Murphys. And did you notice? I know Eva uh, watches Flash. That Jesse Quick is one of the three girls. Oh. I did not notice yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, Jesse Quick. So she's uh, too fast. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah, there's that one scene yes. where they're running around nude in the woods, which was <gasps> weird. what? Yeah, don't you remember that? They're like just totally naked running through the woods. The girls? Yeah, I don't remember that. I like. I was like, I don't get this, but that's fine. Oh, and we should that's bring right. up this season starts with it shows like a cave woman. It does, yeah, with yes. the river because it's just trying to say that the the river is somehow magical, and that's kind of what the season's around. Also, there's a history of earthquakes <sighs> at yes, this river. That's right. Like, like it's a continual theme that comes up: mystical earthquakes <laughs> that, that happen, and that opener. I will never forget what, like, sitting down and just being stoked to because watch Because you're YouTube. like, what the fuck like, is just, this? All I want to do is see, I want to see Kevin Garvey in jogging pants again. You want to see his dick. And you sit down and you get this, like, way big flashback from way back when. You're just like, what the fuck is yeah. happening with these cave people? Yeah. So then, so basically they move to this town... They meet the Harvey family? Murphy's. Murphy's. I don't know why I said Harvey. Um, so they meet them. Their life kind of seems perfect. It's not. Their daughter goes missing with three other girls. Uh, then some mystery of like, oh, and they're, sorry, earthquake happened in the river that's supposed to be magical. All the water is gone. Uh, Kevin, kind of his family, like you think he's in a good place to kind of, Devolves almost his his family situation. Nora kind of starts turning against him. Jill, mm-hmm. uh, he there's a whole subplot where I guess we should bring up probably my favorite part of mm. season two is where he goes to Virgil. Yeah. yeah, and Virgil keeps saying that he can fix him or something yeah. like because he's we should oh we forgot to say Patty kills herself in season yeah. one. Uh, the guilty remnant leader. He she tried to get Kevin to do it, but he didn't. And then so Patty just kills herself. Slits her throat right yeah. in front of him, which is so, crazy. So now he hears Patty. Like she talks to him. Caesar. Yeah. Like she she haunts him. Yeah. So this basically. is very much like, especially his considering um, like at the end of season one, um, Kevin gets Matt yes. Jameson to help him. Bury a fucking body, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, who do you who do you call in the, when you when you need a body to bury? But the town priest, yeah. that's the guy. Well, he will keep your secrets. He knows what's up with graveyards, right? Like, he knows how to he knows how to put somebody in the ground. So, um, like it, the that whole subplot though of of trying to banish Patty, 
and the the whole journey with Virgil, yeah, um, sort of had like alludes to Dante's Inferno. Oh, um, yeah, where Dante, you know, visits the afterlife and visits uh, goes through the levels of hell. Yeah, uh, and is guided by the the Roman poet and uh, philosopher uh, Virgil. Oh, okay. His literal name is Virgil, and I I only learned this last night. Yes. Um, from the leftover subreddit. Well, yeah, like in in Dante's Inferno, there's this whole thing where you know, like there's these uh, five rivers uh, throughout the uh, different between all the different levels of hell. One of which is uh, Leth or Letha, which is this river where like, if you drink the waters of it, like you forget your earthly life. Nice, well, you, you know, which yeah. uh, ties in with uh, that episode, International Assassin. Yes, when. Um, Don't drink the water. You know, yeah. like they, they con- Virgil constantly reminds Kevin not to drink the water because, like, it'll make him a permanent resident of this, this, uh, like, After uh, you know, like this purgatorial, uh, like, uh, hotel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was just, I was going to say, so my favorite scene is when Virgil basically says he can do this for him, he kills Kevin. And then he shoots Shoot. himself in the head. So it's just like, I'll bring you back, don't worry. And then he just <laughs> shoots himself in the head. And then it, the, that episode ends, and you're like, what Wait, the fuck? What is, what's going on? The actual fuck is happening. So then Kevin basically goes to, I guess what we're supposed to understand is some type of limbo, purgatory. Yeah. Uh, in, international Assassins. Comes back to life eventually after vanquishing Patty as a little girl basically drowning her well that was such a hard moment like oh yeah that whole episode where even where where he's confronting um grown up uh Patty uh, Anne Dowd uh, was it uh in the uh the the hotel right yeah and, and she says I'm 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 you know this this other woman find you know like they found me on on Facebook you yeah. know they, they even gave me plastic surgery to make me to make me look more like a you know, yeah. and, and it's a great moment where where you as the the audience, along with Kevin Garvey, you know, like have to yeah. sort of like like. Do uh, I kill her or not? Because uh, like yeah. you're warned, you know, she's gonna play tricks on you. Yeah. Is this actually her? Is this a game? Yeah. Is this real? You know, and I mean, so to be good. honest, Kevin Garvey again does what I would probably have done in the situation, and just be like, yeah, fuck it, yeah. Uh, so basically, he comes out of that, comes back to life, which is kind of leads to. Um, actually, I don't even remember really where that. Like he comes so back. He, to life. Yeah, he comes back. <sighs> he then goes and finds John Murphy, who confronts him about the handprint which was left on. Yeah, Evie's and then that car. leads in. That leads into the finale. Yeah. Yes. Which is. Which we should say, then we learn that... So there's been this all mystery about, like, where did these girls go? Did they depart as well? Like, what happened to them? And I will say, I've watched enough TV and movies and say them that I'm not shocked by much... Like, many things. Like, I can kind of figure out most things. I did not see the fact that the three girls joined the Guilty Remnant. Right. And were just waiting to kind of... Reemerge because there's this plan for the guilty remnant to kind of take down Jarden or yeah. like yeah. just yep. open the gates to yeah. Jarden. And the the guilty remnant do do this. Um, 
uh, and everybody kind of gets in. There is a. I should go back to the subplot with Matt. Uh, yeah. Matt's wife comes like out of. She was in a coma um, and catatonic. She comes out of that, but that's a big kind of fu to. Um, oh, what's the Murphy name? The guy. John. Yeah, is it John, John Murphy? Murphy? Yeah, because he like the whole thing is like. With Jordan, isn't it like that miracles don't happen no, here? He, he's under the, there are no miracles and miracles. Yeah, so it's like, it's very taboo that she has come out of this in Jordan. And like, yeah. Matt gets kicked down. She gets, they both get kicked out or whatever. And that's a whole. What? That's an insane, that's another standalone Matt episode. That yeah. That is fucking phenomenal. I have to say, I really enjoy the moment where that, I can't even remember who it is. Is it Erica? Or is it someone else who tells off the guy who goes around slaughtering goats oh, yes. in yes. various locations? Yeah. Um, that moment, it's like, God damn it! Like, you know, just like, stop. Yeah. You know, like fucking yeah. stop. You know, yeah. this this is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, because like the whole time, like from the first moment that happens, I'm thinking like. Some like what the fuck? Like yeah. someone like someone stop this. Like this is insanity. Like, <laughs> and again, it's what's her name? I, I'm so bad at the actors. Regina uh, King? Yeah, Reg, Regina King. Is it yeah. Erica who, who She's fucking yeah. so good? Oh, and, she's amazing. And if any like if I could pick one scene from season two, it would be the scene with Nora and her talking. And they're talking and Nora's kind of trying to ask uh, Erica the questionnaire, the departures questionnaire. Yeah. yeah. And it is motherfucking intense. The camera I, starts panning in on their faces yeah, yeah, up yeah. close. So and I'm just like, give these two women awards. Like, seriously, like, they're, oh, uh, so good. I love when she's, uh, the when Regina King... Uh, Erica is having a fight with her husband. She just takes her ear, like because yeah. she has a yeah, hearing yeah, problem. Yeah. She just takes her hearing aids out and can't hear. And she that's she the way can't hear. Like, I love that scene. The argument. So basically, we just to get through season two. Uh, at the end, the the girls show up with the guilty remnant, and the guilty remnant kind of break down the walls, get into Jared, and everybody kind of just like Chaos. engulfs Jared. Yeah. Um, there's that awesome scene of Nora on the bridge with the baby. Yeah. So Nora that has the baby. stupid rat lady. And the rat lady is like, that's not your baby. Holy yeah. fuck. Takes the baby, runs off the baby, then Nora sees the baby on the bridge. Yeah. And then there's like... That, that implies that the, the rat lady runs with the baby for yeah. like a certain amount of distance and then is like, no, I don't want this thing anymore. And just, and just drops yeah. it on the bridge. Yeah. If you watch the footage, it like it shows that the baby's almost kind of being stepped on, maybe kind of being stepped on. Yeah, but maybe that's just like a glitch, you know, like yeah. in the like the, the yeah. The there's CG. theories that they there's theories out there that she was being stepped on, but not being affected by it. But I don't think that's uh, who knows. Uh, yeah. yeah, but the whole idea is is Nora Nora jumps on her, protects yeah. her, and it kind of harkens back to that yeah. that opening scene with the cave woman. It did. Yeah, and again, we should mention that we left the subplot out again that has Lori. Laura and Tommy, like Lori now has left the Guilty Remnant. She's wrote a book about the Guilty She's trying to turn people that are in the Guilty Remnant back to not being in it. She right. writes a book about it. Tommy's helping her. And then Liv Tyler shows up, who's now the leader of the Guilty yeah. Remnant, apparently. Mm-hmm. Like, like basically has sex with him and he's like, yeah. Absolutely I'm, rapes him. Almost yeah. lights him on rapes fire, him. puts a sit, like goes to light and says, tell your mom I said hi or something yeah. like that because, you know, Lori left. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's subplot. Lori comes back kind of 
gets back in with Kevin in a weird way. But basically at the end of season two, it this is what I was going to say about the both finales. Both finales yeah. are almost identical. Like, it's yes. like they gone... Uh, at the very end, it's this semblance of like, oh, family's back together. We're all cool again. Like, that's the one thing that's my one kind of down on season two is that like, this is season one's ending. It's just done in a different way. Fair enough. And I think that's probably influenced by the fact that they weren't sure if they were going to have a third season. So therefore, they sort of just were like, well, let's try and just like wrap this up as neatly as we can yeah. with the amount of like space we have left. I don't think they are. I disagree with you. You're wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm just I don't You're think wrong. Kevin had it all together at the end of season one. I think that... I, I don't think he did. I think the journey that he went on in season two and going through the, the international assassin, the hotel, and then doing it a second time in the season finale, I and singing literally singing his way out of there, homeward bound, with images of his family showing up, realizing, much. like... Yeah. I genuinely do love my family, and I love my whole family. Not just Nora, not just, you know, like, my whole family. I get what you're saying, but that's kind of like, if there was no season two, would you think that? Like, they have to, like, because that's kind of season two, is that, like, it starts off where Kevin's in a good place, but they have to kind of, like, give give him kind of a journey, so they have to take that away from him. Right. So I feel like they gave it to him at the end of season one, they had to take away in season two, but kind of left them in the exact same place in the end of season. I two. think that the difference would be his confidence and his control because he actually con- conquered Patty. Oh yeah, no, in that's, the end. Yeah. Oh, I think well, that that's, that's the transformation that but might be I, different. I just think under a microscope, if you look at both the seasons, yeah, they end almost identical to one another. Exactly. Like I'm with my family. This is where I need to be. Yes. And also, both seasons end with the guilty remnant kind of winning. Like they do what they want to do. Yeah. Like they yeah. both plans are executed. And I feel with um, with 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 uh, Meg. Um, raping Tommy. <laughs> it's it's full on rape. I'm sorry. Yeah. So with that, and with uh, season three taking place three years later, I feel, and I said this to Sarah, my prediction is that she's gonna have a baby. She's gonna have Tommy's fucking baby, and she's gonna use that against like Lori, against Tommy, against Kevin Garvey. You know, at some point in the season, probably yeah, that's actually a really good production. That she is gonna have like, yeah. it's like this is your fucking like grandkid, you know, Kevin. You know, like yeah. she's gonna like fucking kill it in front of him, or I don't think she'll kill it. Oh man, I, I don't I, know. I, if I, I don't expect we would go that far. I would not be surprised if they if they like push that boundary. You know? Okay, before we get to our, uh, we should say before we get to our season three, let's go over our um, ep- uh, favorite episodes from season yeah. one, and season two, and, and our least favorite. We should say. Okay, so we're going to do our favorite season one episode, our least favorite season one episode, our favorite season two episode, and our least favorite season two episode. Well, I will start by saying my season one favorite episode was The Garvey's at Their Best, uh, episode one, season nine. Was, I think, an excellent episode watching what each of the uh, members of the main cast were doing. On the day of the the departure itself, the day would sort of like change the rest of their lives. It sort of explained like their guilt and their, you know, like the the like the the complications which resulted there thereafter. Well, exactly because they were all doing things that might not be ideal. Like Kevin was cheating on his wife. Yeah. 
Uh, Nora she, was arguing with her family. In... Lori was having an, an ultrasound, ultrasound with, with a, a baby, baby that she didn't know, didn't tell Kevin exactly. that existed. So it's like, like all of these departures happen in moments of like, yeah, insecurity and ins- yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is really fucking cool. Um, I think maybe like maybe episode two of season one was probably my least favorite. Exactly the one that I picked. Okay, too. I picked that too. That's so hilarious. Like, as well. Well. well, because I think, and I think generally speaking, and I think you guys might agree with me on this. Like the first half is a little. Slow, a little underwhelming at first yeah. before it picks up. It picks up at the Gladys point, but yeah, I picked that one as well. I do have to say, I really enjoyed the the <coughs> subplot line of the the Christmas baby uh, doll, yeah, which yeah. which uh, like which which Jill stole and Kevin had to like fine, I'll just go get buy like another fucking doll. <laughs> yeah, but I I really felt overall if we're going least favorite because season one because yeah. we all picked the same one Pagan yeah. one a zero the first episode was good and intriguing not perfect but good and intriguing and then it really lost a lot of its momentum like yeah. it kind of I don't like it took me a, it took me a little bit to get back into in the third episode but it was a lot of like the Meg stuff and yeah a lot. Just, and I think there was that focus on Tommy as well yeah and it just the, yeah. it really didn't Catch me like yeah. I had almost lost me, but yeah, that's my. Essentially, like you gotta have patience at that point. You gotta just stick it out, which is as they say. After I mean, it's a it shows how strong of I think season. I mean, episode one was exactly. that I was like I'm interested, but like now I'm a little bit disinterested. But I'll I'll still stay on board because the premise is so strong. So uh, exactly. do you want to do your favorite season one? What What was your favorite season one? Uh, mine was well, mine I think is. Pretty obvious. It's um, Gladys. Uh, it was, uh, and that whole episode wasn't just the kind of story, but that's the one that hooked me. Like that's why I picked that as my favorite season one. Like it's the one that got me on board. Um, yeah. Mm. So that's yeah. I have a top three because I couldn't oh my God. necessarily, but I have I have the Garveys at their best on there, and I have actually I put number one. Two Boats and a Helicopter, which is the Mad episode. Really? Yeah. I loved that episode. This is the one? Yeah. It was fucking intense, man. Yeah. It was just, it was very action-packed and intense and just, like, you know, it just kept the momentum up, and I think that that's why I loved it. But I also said one of my favorites was obviously Guest with Nora. Yeah. Because I just love her so much. Yeah. Yeah. That was a powerful and I really like that. It was just, yeah, it was just great. So, uh, so how about uh, you, Gwen? What uh, What's your two favorites? Mm. Or okay, so oh, your really? yeah, so your favorite was Gladys. That's that's what I had. That's surprising. And, yeah, no, I mean, so I guess we're right. That makes sense. So, what's your least favorite? Penguin one us zero, oh. so yeah. it's it's a See, four piece. Episode right. two is, is not the yeah, best. Yeah, um, that's so funny that we picked all we all picked the episode two. Yeah, um, season two favorite and least favorite episode. Ooh, uh, favorite for me. You know what? I'm I'm gonna be a total total fucking noob and say international Sass was my favorite episode of season two that's not being a noob uh like i i i loved the episode from start to finish uh i thought it was uh fucking amazing um yeah from from him waking up in that bathtub you know sliding out all like like a like a new baby kitten you know like (laughs) you know like he he Looking in that closet, you know, with the the four suits, yeah. you got the Mapleton police officer, which is his past life. You have Guilty the Remnant. white 
pants and white shirt, which is probably indicating the guilty remnant. Obviously, then you have the uh, the the casual business suit, mm-hmm. and then finally the priest, priest robes with the alpha and the omega sign upon them, and. Of course, you know, Kevin, you know, looks in the closet bewildered and, you know, just chooses the, 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 the casual suit, suit because yeah. it's the most, it's the most, like, like obvious choice. Right. You know, little, realize, not realizing that, you know, like, it's going to be, you know, like a, a frigging assassin. Right. Lots yeah. of people wear suits, people, I not think, just assassins. And I think the thing, too, about, about that episode is that it was just so wildly different from all the other ones. Yeah. It just, like, it's had this structure to it that you're just like, okay, what the heck is happening? And then there's music and there's fights. Mm. Oh, it was just, yeah. My least favorite episode, episode would be No Room at the Inn, which was... Was the, the Matt one. one. With the Matt, or Matt yeah. was just recreating the scene. And you have to listen to that goddamn song. So many uh, times. Let your love flow. Uh, this is... I usually would say International Assassin. All right, but you're going to be different. But I'm going to say the finale of season two. Don't let yes. you. It's a great um, be- Because I think on the whole, it has quite literally everything I want. I live here in an now. Episode. Except yeah, I live here now. for JT's penis. Yeah, I didn't see that. But I love the fact that there's humor in this episode as well. Like, he comes back to the hotel and he's just like, motherfucker! Yes. yes. <laughs> like, yes. one of my favorite moments. Yeah. Um, I also really like it when he's on the uh, the hospital bed and and John Murphy just says, "I th- I killed you." Yeah. Nope. Nope. Yeah. I, I just I love it. I, I just think it's one of the best. Like I I just think I mean International Assassin is beautiful and amazing and it could be like a movie on its own. But like I would say on the whole, if I'm looking at the whole season, the finale. And least. Don't make me pick one. Probably like the red. I think there's one called Red Tape. I think okay. it's like near the beginning. Probably my least favorite, just because it's probably like the least memorable. Right. But honestly, like it's it. I can hardly even pick a there's, least favorite because I love them all. There's orange sticker. Oh, orange sticker. Why <laughs> say red tape? That was kind of close. That's close. Yeah, that's close. Yeah, I had it in my theme. head. Orange yeah. sticker. I think that's like episode three. Three. Yeah, it's yeah. episode four. So. Four, okay. Um, I would say that's my least favorite. So my favorite episode is a most powerful uh, adversary. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is the one where kind of this is where it's going to shit for uh, Kevin. Like, is where Nora leaves. Jill's kind of like doubting him. And basically leads to the part that is one of my favorite scenes where uh, the Virgil poisoning him and he dies. And it's the lead-in episode to International Assassins. And I'm going to go against popular belief. Yeah, yeah I can't believe you. Okay, and I will say you're really going against popular belief. Because oh, I know. It, like, this is like a critically acclaimed episode. Yeah. So, Corey's... Super critically acclaimed okay. episode. Why? My least favorite episode. I'm sorry, guys. International Assassins. It's your least favorite? Okay. Why? It took me out of the main show way too much. Like, it's... If it wasn't an like an hour, it just it's I, I don't it's just I guess what I don't like. It's a show that uh, I mean an episode that uh, that shows do that takes you totally out of everything. Mm-hmm. It's a total fabrication and we know we know as viewers or I do sitting back I, I know he's going to get it's out a of dream this. or whatever. Yeah, and it's and it just I hate episodes like that in general. I I don't think it's anything against this. It's very well filmed. Yeah. Um, 
Justin Thoreau is a hairless, sexy man. That's fine. But he carries with him information that he gleaned through the dream. True, yes. Very much. But I, I, I guess I'm more of a component as well of I rather stuff like this, I rather not see. I would have been a lot more fulfilled if he just came back and and he couldn't explain really what he did or how he came back like to show me a to show me it just it i i just didn't find it right. satisfying um took you too much out of it it took me out of the show way too much and also it's season 2 so rich with, of with characters that i have a hard time being away from them for a whole right. episode like yeah. So and I guess because it hit such a high point personally for me at the the, the finale of um, my most powerful adversary that it it, it didn't pay off for me personally. I know I'm in the minority here, really? but yeah, international assassins. <laughs> That's okay, guys. Comment, comment. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah. I know. me. I get it. You can. I, I, I get think your people. points are are good points though, because you're right. It is so drastically different, and you know, it's in this new place. There's I mean, there are familiar faces in it, yeah. but it's this whole new structure, this new tone, and it's just, it's so not what we're used to yeah. that it kind of takes you out of that, which I totally get. See, I just, I mean, Evan just totally fucking loved International Assassin, but um, listen, we, we we want honest feedback, so that's that's good. Yeah. Um, um, I so would we, say if anyone agrees with Corey on that, let me know, because... Yeah. Yeah, Otherwise, definitely. Let I'm just me know convinced he's alone in the world. <laughs> I feel like I am, but mm. that is my opinion. <laughs> what if, and can I ask what you thought of the karaoke scene? That wasn't that episode. Well, right? because that was he goes back. Finale. That was the second yeah. time at the hotel uh, when he sings his way. Oh God, I, I know this is unpopular as well, but I'm like, it was so contrived to me. Like mm. I'm like, I get what you're doing. You're trying really hard, Lindelof. Like, yeah, like, a- to show it just it takes away something. From it for me personally, but that's that's just me. Don't hate me. That is just him. I love this so much. I cry every time I watch it, (laughs) and it's just him singing and the look on his face and the fact that he's singing Homer Bound and there's these flashes and you see Nora and ah yeah. I'm I'm the opposite of Corey. I loved it. Why don't we get into our Reddit? Yeah, Um, let's do it. Sarah today when we were gonna this afternoon when we were recording the podcast put it up on. the Reddit of the the leftovers um, to submit your questions. Why do you love the leftovers? Why some? Why should people watch it? Favorite moments from the first two seasons. Favorite characters and why. And predictions for season three. Um, we we like I said we put up this uh, Sarah put up this afternoon. So uh, but luckily we got two we got two two comments two comments which two I mean. Ones. Uh, the first one from uh, K-, K Garvey. Yeah, K Garvey, which he responded super early, and um, that's awesome. Thanks, the thanks for both parties like yeah. contributed this. Did you want me to read it? Yeah, you can read it because I'm okay. just I'm dyslexic, so that's alright. I'll just embarrass okay. myself. We're not going to ask uh, Gwen to read it. Right? Yeah. I don't think <laughs> I don't think she'd be down. So, oh, she said she'll rewrite the whole thing. <laughs> That's okay, Gwen. Oh my gosh. Okay, so Kay Garvey. So, first question was, why do you love the leftovers? And he said, oh, I'm assuming it's a he. Could yeah. be a she. Oh, yeah. I don't know. So he says, leftovers is master- masterful, blah. masterfully written. Masterfully? Masterfully? Yes. 
Written, directed, and acted, it conveys human struggles and emotions that are typically veered away from in TV. Personally, the show resonates quite a bit with me. Totally agree. Second point is, why should people watch it? And he says, people should watch it because the second season is definitely uh, definitely among the best seasons of anything to air ever. Yes, agreed. Not exaggerating. Season one is great, but stumbles a bit with B-plots and pacing. Season two tells a fully realized story with great momentum and focus. Agree with that as well. And then the other question was the favorite moments. So he mentions season one, um, Kevin's conversation with his father, where, where he's offered the magazine and rejects it. It's a good one. And season two, the entire arc of International Assassin through the end of episode eight. Don't hate me, King Garvey. <sighs> I wonder if this is the real Kevin Garvey. Yeah. No doubt it is not. Um, uh, favorite characters. So he really liked uh, Kevin Garney Sr., um, he says he's always been both the viewer and Kevin asking, what What if he's not crazy? Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Which kind of, what's kind of proved right almost season two because uh, Kevin Garvey Jr. started hearing voices as well. So. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's that's an, and that's an interesting favorite character because he's not like a main character, but he's definitely... He pulls a lot of weight. No, I like that. I like that off the, the norm. Yeah. And then... Um, see here. So then his thoughts on season three. Uh, so Kay Garvey says, I'm most interested to see how the characters who find out about Kevin's quote-unquote journey react, specifically Nora and Laurie. My prediction is Nora and Kevin will start to grow apart because of their wildly different ambitions in season three. I don't know if you meant season three or not. That hasn't happened yet, but um, though in the end, they'll probably be back together. And I actually I agree with that because in the trailer, mm-hmm. They don't look happy. No. She looks very unhappy. She's smoking cigarettes. Is she? Nora is? There's an episode or part of the trailer where uh, Nora is smoking a cigarette while sitting in a hotel room. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's interesting. So I, I actually do kind of agree with that. I think that it'll just be further challenges for them. Yeah. And I do think they can't end it with them not together. Like, that's just not... You know what I mean? They gotta end up together, right? Yeah, Come on. We'll get in that when we go season three. Okay. Right, that's okay. Or like I prediction. Um but also thank you, K Garvey. K Garvey. Like that like I didn't expect I don't know what we expected to get back, but uh really went out there, great post. Both posts were amazing. And then so I'll just quickly read uh NBTB, which was our other comment. So I I read a part of his earlier, which was his thoughts on the show, but um this is interesting, so watch people watch it. He actually says, some people shouldn't. Yeah. The show operates on a frequency that not everyone enjoys. You have to be okay with a little pain. Mm. But if you want a well-crafted story that respects the art of the individual episode, brought to life by the actors at the top of their game, scored with music that will make you cry buckets, then give it a go. And 100%. Think, like, yeah. That's a great comment, because like as we said, Jen gave up on... Uh, whenever Gladys got stoned on the show and then she gave up on this podcast by going to bed (laughs) Uh, so no that's that's it's gonna get one hell of a hashtag at the end of this one yeah (laughs) woof um and then his favorite scenes so um he says that the last scene of the pilot um Kevin taking out his anger on the dogs. Yes. Oh, yeah, the dogs. Um, Nora back from her New York trip, smiling in the supermarket checkout lane. K 
Kevin Sr. Uh, saying, we're in the fucking game now. So these are, like, kind of little moments that he liked. Which is awesome, yeah. Um, the town of Mapleton uh, attacking the guilty remnant and burning the dolls of their loved ones. Lori setting up her deprogramming operation set to mad percussion. Yeah, that was the scene where she is in the car and she turns up the music and then runs over them. Yeah. And then he says, uh, Kevin yelling motherfucker after he ends up in the hotel again. One of my favorite scenes as well. Ends up in there a second time with motherfucker. Um, Erica Murphy running across the bridge to Evie. Yeah, that's that scene. Uh, yeah. Because, like, again, they cut out the audio in these scenes. Yeah. It's perfect. And I it, mean, they use sound so well on these shows. Like, it's, well, it's definitely like a Lindelof influenced thing because, like, uh, I'm going to be beat a dead horse but the subtleties like yeah everything doesn't have to be you don't have to be hit over the head with it you like it's these shows are so subtle but like moments carry so much weight when you do when you're not trying to like throw it in somebody's face exactly yeah it's those little things and he just ends it with um the countdown going off the reveal that many of the campers were the gr members in disguise and kevin finally reunited with his family so yeah it sounds like he liked the the finale as well um last thoughts from him um he says everyone's fantastic in each service specific function but the guy in the pillar redefined what it means to have faith yeah the crazy guy seeing the middle of jordan yeah and his predictions for season three is just balls out insanity and probably a kangaroo probably probably i mean animal imagery is huge in this show there's deers there's dogs i mean we gotta see some kangaroos in season three probably all right, so we should get into our season three predictions. Predictions. Um, I just like to go over. They've released. I think it's. I think they're doing ten episodes. I'm not hundred percent because um, Wikipedia has. They've already released seven name. The seven names of the first seven uh, episodes, and they often do that though. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe it is seven episodes? I don't know. They'll probably release four. Yeah. Can you read them? I will. Uh, Episode one is called The Book of Kevin. Uh, Episode two is called Don't Be Ridiculous. Uh, Episode three is Crazy White Fella Thinking. Um, Episode four, yeah, it's so weird. And it's even fella is in F-E-L-L-A. Yeah, white fella. One word. Um Episode four is called G Day Melbourne. So G Day, yeah, oh yes, I'm an idiot. So G-day, maybe Melbourne. they're not even going to be in Australia until that episode. Uh, yeah, maybe that's kind of the the trek to Melbourne. Um, episode five is called It's a Matt 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 <gasps> World. We're gonna get a Matt episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the most. I love them. Um, uh, episode six is called Certified, and episode seven is called The Most Powerful Man in the World and His Identical Twin Brother. What in the fuck? Yeah, so. Is there only seven there so far? So there's only seven. So okay, far. let me tell you if there's only seven episodes, I'm going to be very upset. There'll there be ten. Better be ten. Well, I, you know what? I don't care about episode numbers Contents. as long as they can kind of yeah. wrap everything up. Like, I'm very excited for the season. Yeah. I have faith as a person who didn't hate the end of Lost that yeah. uh, I, have a, I have faith that this is going to be a good ending, but we should get into our Yeah, season. just quickly, round table. Um, do you want me to start? Yeah. Guess I'll start. Uh, I really don't want it to be overly religious, and I know that there's a lot in well, the trailers going that way. I will say, 
not to cut you off instantly, but um, season two is a very good point as it deals with like faith in a weird way, but also there's there's people are like, oh yeah, it's like there's a higher power, but also there's like a lot of people are like, no, it's science, like it's science yeah. versus religion, and they they do a good job of like not making it overly religious. It's only yeah. the people in the world like this is what probably a lot of people would hang their hats on at this point. But anyway, sorry. Right, I know. And I, and I agree, and I, and I, I just hope it's, it stays that way. Yeah, um, I think Not too religious. Um, I think the Guilty Remnant is just going to fuck shit up even more than they have in prior seasons. I think we're going to see Meg coming in with this like new probably extreme sector of right. the GR. I mean, obviously we saw in the trailer kind of their writing messages in the sky and they're trying to convince people the end of the world and I love the fact that they think it's the end of the world yeah. so I'm very excited about that um, agree with the, the Kevin and Nora thing we're probably going to see tension there just based on the scenes that I saw in the trailer don't know if it's like a situation of Kevin has to save everyone I do think my I think he'll have to die well it does show his father drown him Right. So we know he's going back to the hotel this once. Probably, finished. probably. Yeah. I would like to see more of Nora um, in season three. Like, of course. I think it'd be pretty fucking cool if she went to the hotel. <laughs> just, just throwing it out there. But why not? Hotel's not for everybody. Yeah, could just be a Kevin Garvey thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Mary thing. <laughs> but honestly, it's it's really hard for me to predict anything because I the yeah. show I is haven't... just so like. I have no predictions. I'm just a wait and see kind of guy. I think it's just going to be just more extreme. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not just we're trying to shock people; it's we're trying to convince people the world is ending. I do think it's going to be satisfying. I hope it's satisfying. All right. Question is: Is what does a satisfying ending look like? Though we'll see. Uh, I guess my predictions for season three. I feel like the baby's going to play a big part in it. I don't mm. know why. Just because. That's kind of a big thing on season one, even though they kind of displaced this. Yeah, as like, because there's a whole thing with Wayne Gilcrest saying like, uh, yeah, and then it was kind of discovered that he had a bunch of pregnant, like young girls. Yeah. But I feel like it's going to kind of come back and actually the the baby's going to have some, like, I feel like there's going to be something there. Um, I think Kevin Garvey, because the whole, like, it shows in the trailer, like, a flood is a big thing. I actually think a lot of people, like you guys said, like uh, him and Nora will be back together. I feel like at the end of the season, he's going to be dead. Like, dead, gone. I think so, too. I, think I feel like he's going to sacrifice himself in some way, and it's going to stop the flood. I don't know how that's going to be. I'm not that great of a writer yeah. that I can really even tell you how you get to that point. He's going to try out the water in the hotel. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um... I feel like that's going to play a part. I think Nora, she's going to be on a, from the trailer. She looks like she's on a real downward like spiral in a weird way. Yeah, she's like laying in a coffin. She's talking about death, and she gets that phone call at the end about, "Yeah, do you want to see your family again?" So is she going to do something extreme at the, at the risk of I might get to see my kids again? Yeah, uh, like that's just it's just it's I. I'll just say I don't really want it to go down that road. Like I hope it's just someone fucking with Nora. Yeah. So and I think it, I think my last thing is that I feel like the guilty remnant have to get some sort of comeuppance. Like they've mm. succeeded in the 
past two episodes, I feel like something has to happen to kind of take away from their success. Yeah, in a weird way. I feel like something's going to happen. But other than that, uh, also, sorry, I do have another point. I can't remember the guy's name. They mentioned one episode, uh, an immortal man or something in Australia. Obviously, they're going to Australia. Like David... Uh, David Burton! David Burton. David Burton. I feel like he's going to be a foil to Kevin. Um, what if we already met David Burton? I'm going Maybe. On, I'm going on. Well, they said he lives in he lives in Australia. Australia. But there's that guy who is British or Australian yeah. in both the episode International Assassin and in the season finale. Oh, he's yeah. He's Australian. He, yeah. And he's the guy on the bridge and he's the guy. Guy on the bridge yeah. and the guy. I feel like he's going to be a foil to Kevin. Almost like a weird, like... Kevin's going to be the savior, and he's almost going to be an antichrist yeah. figure. Interesting. Um, but yeah, that's. I mean, and here's another cool thing about season three is is that the dog killer Dean, yeah, is actually he's in season three. It, <laughs> it's on. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, the actor yeah. is Bald listed asshole. as in season three, nice. so we're going to see him again somehow. So uh, yeah, I guess that's. It's uh, going to be a wild ride. Yeah. I'm excited. Like we said before, we may spawn off of uh, Intoxicated and do an episode for every Leftovers episode. So if that's something you guys are into... Let us know. Yeah. And then it'll be a lot more easy to digest rather than talking about two full seasons. I know. Episode to episode. We got really rambly in this one. It's hard not to, though. Yeah. But uh, also, I'd just like to say uh, thank you, Sarah, for for letting us vent about... The leftovers. Um, this will be the episode after we did the room episode. If anybody's listening to this and happens to like the movie The Room, check that uh, one. Out. Check the one before. It's less rambly than this one. It's a great episode. Sarah did an amazing job editing it, and I say go check that out. Thanks for anybody. If anybody did listen to the last episode, and. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. We got <gasps> listeners from the weirdest spots of the world. Spain yeah. and like the UK. And like Iceland. Mind you, I mean like it's like one play nothing, or whatever. There's but There's nothing like still, weird about those places in the world. Yeah, nothing no. weird. It's just, it's just boggles weird that my somebody mind would that... listen to us. I think that has more to do with the room than us. But thank yeah. you so much. It, it brings you here. Thank you so much for listening. Um, this is a very unique podcast. Sarah does an amazing job. That being said, maybe. Yeah. I know. I'm just. I, I'm kind of bearing the, the lead. It's coming. I'm uh, going to. I'm, I'm kind of bearing the lead but I'm like she does a, a great job interviewing her friends and stuff but if some reason you don't like that come back we do a movie one every month we're gonna we're doing a leftovers one right now uh, <laughs> if you're into the entertainment aspects of it just the movies or TV we do just keep checking Keep uh, yeah, and seriously, like if you made it through this, you're a fucking trooper. Okay, we need a hashtag. We need a hashtag. Um, um, oh wait, Gwen has Gwen. something. She's writing hashtag. Uh, don't waste your breath. So yeah, yeah. If you got through this, send us a comment or a tweet or anything. Hashtag don't waste your breath. Thanks, guys. Whew. And yeah, let us know if you want to see a whole podcast dedicated to the last season. Cause yeah, I mean, we're willing to do it. We'll probably do it anyway. We'd like to get a lot, a uh, lot more fan uh, interaction. We'd love to hear from you. We're fans of, of uh, the leftovers, and we want to hear from other fans of the leftovers. Exactly. We'll. Uh, I don't think uh, we'll probably even do anybody submits a question. We'll. If, as long as it doesn't get too big, which probably won't, but we'll we'll read your comments and give you a shout out on the podcast. So. Yeah, and shout out to the leftover subreddit because it's 
I Amazing. think it's it's the one thing that for me made the show so enjoyable. It wasn't just watching the episode and turning it off. It was going in bed and scrolling until three AM and reading all these all these comments and stuff. So Anyways, yeah, thank you, because I've, I've regurgitated a lot of your guys' comments as facts of my own. Like, I think this is going to happen. And I was like, hi, that was right on the camera. They smart. Yeah, they that's smart. Nice. Those so thank you. Thanks, guys.